In the holy name of Jesus, amen. If you have ever waited in line with children under the age of 10, you know that doing nothing while waiting is never an option. First, children get antsy. Then they start asking you how much longer, which of course you don't really know. And then, finally, they start to act. Sometimes we say, act up. But of course, inside of each one of us, we are with them completely. We know exactly how they feel. Waiting can be frustrating, and it can be tiresome. Hence, the ten virgins falling asleep. The ten bridesmaids. Now, probably for all of us, this story loses some of its drama because we're not quite as familiar with first-century Jewish wedding customs as we might be with 21st-century wedding customs. First, let's ask a question. Why in the world are these ten bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom? Well, each wedding in the Jewish culture at this time began with a contract. The groom would go to the father of the bride, and once the father of the bride agreed to the terms, the groom and the bride were as good as married, but they weren't quite married. They were betrothed. Next then comes the consummation, but between the betrothal and the consummation, there could be a long period of time, even up to seven years. The reason for the delay was the fact that the groom had to go back to his house to prepare a place, the bridal chamber. And the groom never decided when the bridal chamber was finished. It was the father of the groom who decided. And the only person who knew that it was time to go back to get the bride was, in fact, the father. Not even the groom knew. But once the father of the groom said, it is good... The groom then would go and receive his wife. There would be no delay. And this is the point where we now find out why these ten bridesmaids are in fact waiting for the bridegroom. Because the groom could come at any time, even at night. And by this time, it was tradition that he in fact would come at night, specifically at midnight. So, we find out that these bridesmaids are waiting with the bride who is in fact waiting for her beloved to come and receive her. Something she greatly anticipates. But of course she never waits alone. She waits with the ten bridesmaids. And she, along with the ten bridesmaids, would in fact have lamps for the nighttime arrival of the groom. Now, once the groom did, in fact, receive the bride, they would all go back. The bride, the groom, bridesmaids, groomsmen, and all the family, which essentially would be the entire town, back to the groom's place for the wedding feast, a party where everyone was invited. Now, given this sort of picture, we understand why the bridesmaids are doing what they're doing. They are friends of the bride and they need to have extra oil because there is no telling when the groom will come. Now, with this frame of mind, we understand what waiting means here in the parable. It is alike 
waiting for your loved one at the airport. This waiting at the airport for your beloved isn't a passive activity like waiting in a line at the grocery store. This waiting is very lively. It's dynamic. First, we can't stand still because we are so anxious, then we pace, and of course, if we have to go to the bathroom, we race to the bathroom, and then we race back because we do not want to miss our beloved returning. Or another example, waiting for a loved one who served in the military, waiting at the military base after his dismissal. This waiting isn't like waiting in the DMV, something you have to put up with. But rather, this waiting is so filled with excitement, you really can't take it anymore. Sleeping or becoming tired is never an option in this sort of waiting. Now, of course, this waiting is still very difficult, but for a very different reason than waiting in the grocery store or the DMV. This waiting is hard because you really want your loved one back now so that you can begin again your life together, so that you can go home and rejoice in each other's fellowship. Now for us, we are the waiting ones in this parable because we are the church. We are the bride of Christ, and Jesus is the bridegroom who's returning to receive us to get us. Jesus is the bridegroom who has laid down the terms, who has paid the price for us, even giving his life up for us. He's the one who died for us, and he is the one who's still willing to give everything he has in order for us to be with him in a life together. But for now, he has gone to prepare a place for us, but he will return so that we can spend an eternity with him and all his family rejoicing in the wedding feast. The feast is a party that everyone should be at since everyone is invited. However, for the time in between, we never wait by doing nothing. If we did that, we might get antsy, we might cry out how much longer, and we might get distracted and do our own thing rather than what Christ bids us to do. Or we might get tired of waiting and lose sight of the one who loves us. And so we might fall asleep because we are bored. Well, Jesus encourages us today as we are to encourage one another in our wait, as Thessalonians said. We are to remind each other who loves us, our Lord Jesus, who is the bridegroom par excellence, and to remind us who we are. We are the beloved. We are the loved ones of God. And during our time in between, we are to go back and reread our groom's love letters to us, otherwise known as Holy Scripture. And we are to read it again and again, and we are to hear it in this place together. Then, of course, there's much to do here, but there's much to do out there, where we spend our time doing what Christ has bid us to do. The wise virgins weren't wise in the fact that they brought more than normal oil. They were wise because they were simply doing 
what they were asked to do. And finally, we are to eat together at the Holy Supper, a supper he gave us so that we know that he is still with us, but at the same time, that there is something even more that lies ahead. Finally, notice at the end of the parable, Jesus says to us to watch. He doesn't say, make sure you have enough oil, as if having more good works would make us worthy of that party. No, Jesus tells us to watch because we are already part of the group. We already belong. The primary reason that the foolish brides are foolish is because they left. It's not because they didn't have enough oil that they were left out. It's because, tragically, they chose to stay away. I understand that waiting can be hard. And as we grow older and older, waiting seems to be harder and harder. But one thing is, in the Holy Church, our waiting does not have to be boring. We don't have to be sitting doing nothing. There's plenty of things to do here and out there. And our waiting doesn't have to be unsure, as if we wonder, will he come back? Or if we belong. Because our bridegroom has told us he will come back, and his promises are sure. For now, we must watch together. But we watch with great anticipation for that day, the day that the Father knows, where our Lord Jesus will come and save us from waiting any longer. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.